Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. This is Scott Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On tonight's episode, I interview Lance Johnson, whom I met at the New Jersey Ultra Beast. He's a really cool guy. He's a good athlete and got a lot of cool information in this interview. Hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. I got my good friend Lance Johnson on the phone here. He's going to tell us about the race this weekend, and I'm going to help him because I was also there. But anyway, why don't you say hey, Lance, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm Lance Johnson. Uh, been, uh, been an obstacle racing now since 2014. Uh, kind of got into it on a, on a whim. Uh, a friend invited me to try one with him. Went out, uh, actually enjoyed it. Uh, I had a blast, loved it. Uh, it was the Mississippi Sprint. So, uh, man, I guess that was December of that year. And uh, just had a ball. Couldn't get enough. 2015, set out for the trifecta. Uh, started getting into go-rucks along with it. And... Uh, then 2016, the wife kind of let me go crazy, and I was all over the place last year. Hopefully, I can be pretty much everywhere this year. Gonna uh, try to get around again. And for anybody that doesn't know Lance's wife, I barely know her. I've met her one time, but she is super cool because after the race this weekend, she was driving on the way home while Lance took it easy. So that's like a plus in my book. amazing so your first race was in 2014 i was looking at athlinks and i was noticing that even before i knew you we both we ran the same races in 2015 which was atlanta alabama and dallas we all did the same we did the same races (laughs) that's awesome yeah Yeah, it's just small and me and lance we met uh, I think it was on the second lap of New Jersey. We were running beside each other. We started talking, and I think you picked up really fast that I was from the South, and we discovered that we were neighbor states because Lance is from Alabama, and I'm from South Georgia. You would think sure, that... It, yeah, it was the, uh, that second lap, and uh, that, was, uh, that was a good race. Yeah, we ran we ran beside each other for quite a while there. Yeah, yeah, I, I was uh, I had a, I had a good time. I hate am I going to make it up there to New Jersey again this year? Um, but toughest motor calls. Yeah, I want to I want to pick your brain on that too because I would love to do that, but I just don't know if I'm ready for an eight hour race again. Oh man, you you can you can definitely do it. Uh, 
you know, if you, if you did Ultra Beast, um, just think about it like this. You, you're you going out and you're, you're doing multiple laps, but they're shorter laps, and then you have the option to pit. Right. So you can you can get get your gear, you can get your nutrition. You have to run with less. Um, you, you know, you don't have to run with quite so much. Um, if, you know, people that want to run with Camelbacks and all that, they don't they don't necessarily have to do it because the the course is so much shorter. You can go much lighter on each lap because you know you're coming back in a set amount of time, and you can uh you can recover a little bit in between each lap. Yeah, everybody that's listening, Lance is an experienced tough mutter because he run world's toughest mutter this year. How was that experience, Lance? It was uh, it was one for the books. Uh, I went into world's toughest, not really sure what to expect. All I heard was just phenomenal things about it, but also the, the whole thing about the cold and having to wear a wetsuit. It just scared the crap out of me because I—I mean, you know, I'm a little guy. Um, I get cold really easy. So walking into World Toughest Mudder, I was a little nervous. But once I got there and just saw how the the energy that was there was like nothing else I'd seen. The camaraderie that everyone was just kind of pitching in together. Um, it, it was it was one of those races that. It has to be on your bucket list. If you if you run obstacle racing, you have to go try world stuff as mother. I know seeing all the posts and seeing all the and seeing the footage they had on CBS, it it it, it does it really does make you want to do it. it. It looks like an awesome, exciting, fun race. It's you know, and, and the and the coolest part about it, I think, was. You know, you hear about they debut the new obstacles, but they literally, they have crews set up at most of the obstacles, if not all. And if you're doing stuff, they could be over there literally tweaking and tuning on that obstacle while you're going across or as you finish it. Um, We saw it through the night. They would change up an obstacle. They would add to it, take away from it. Um, You know, they were constantly looking at the, structure of the obstacle as we were doing them and if they needed to add bracing or anything to them they were they were figuring it out and doing the test and tune as you were going on and it was really amazing just seeing all that come together well that's good because nobody wants an obstacle falling apart on them no absolutely not so Lance, how did how did you train for World's Toughest Mudder? Did you did you get some time to train in that wetsuit, or was that something you just said, "Hey, I'm going to wear this when it gets cold"? Well, I mean, I, I live down here, uh, deep south Mobile, Alabama. Um, it stays so hot down here; it was really hard to get any training in. Um, I think. Before World's Toughest, I might have got about a mile, mile and a half in that wetsuit. So I was real, real finicky about what it was going to be like once I got there. But it, it worked out really well. Um, I probably went a little bit higher than what I necessarily had to. Uh, I went ahead and got a Vortex wetsuit um, from Xterra, and it, it did phenomenal. But there's several cheaper wetsuit options out there. You can go to Wetsuit Warehouse and get one for a fraction of the cost. Um, but 60 miles in that wetsuit, uh, or 60 miles is what I completed 
and about 50 of those were in that wetsuit. And I had very little chafing, um, and it just went really well, considering. Dang, you wore the wetsuit for 50 miles? I put my wetsuit on really early, um, because the, the day before we were, we were monitoring the temperature, trying to see when it was dropping, and I probably put it on about two laps too early, but I was scared I was going to get out mid-lap, and the temperature was just going to drop drastically being out in the desert. So I decided to opt and go ahead and put it on, and I had a little extra time. Hey, yeah. Yeah, you broke up with me a little bit. Okay. Sorry, it, uh, my wife pulled up, so I mean, so, uh, my phone transferred over to her car. <laughs> That's cool. So you were talking about when you, when you put the wetsuit on early because of the weather? Yeah, uh, I, I was noticing the, uh, we were, we were watching the monitor, or monitoring the weather the day before, um, and kind of was trying to gauge when the temperature would start dropping down as the weather changed or the time changed. And, uh, I came in from that second lap and, uh, I was up in the air about it, but my wife convinced me to go ahead and really think about putting the wetsuit on, went ahead and slid it on. And, uh, it was hot. It, it was definitely hot putting on early like that. But, uh, I think it worked out to my advantage. I was able to get accustomed to it a little bit quicker. And, uh, and it, it worked out really well, all odds considering. So when you put it on, you kept it on for the rest of the race then, huh? Yeah, I, once it went on, that was it. It stayed on. I would unzip it, maybe fill the top down a little bit. Um, but it was on me for the remainder of the race. Oh, wow. So were the temperatures pretty much cold enough to, you know, be comfortable in it like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the... uh it started out hot. Um, I mean, we started out at noontime. So, I mean, it, it was hot. Um, I probably could have got another two laps in without having to go to the full. I probably could have grabbed my my shorty wetsuit and made it to about lap four or maybe even lap five. But I was, I was nervous that the temperature would drop too drastically and then... Once you get cold, it's, it's hard to get back warmed up. Um, right. So I, I, I opted to put it on early and take the risk of running a little hot as opposed to me getting a little cold. I, I don't blame you one bit. So your wife was your pit crew? My wife was my pit crew. Um, a, a good friend of mine that lives in Mississippi uh, had his wife pitting for him and a friend of theirs. And so we just kind of shared resources. And, uh, it, it turned out really well. So, so you had a buddy from Mississippi, just kind of stay together or were y'all running your own race? We, we ran our own race, but we, we, uh, we just shared resources and made our pit, our pits right beside each other to make it easy to check on each other. And what? then the, uh, the final lap of the, of the race, we went ahead and went out together and, uh, you know, it, it worked out well. We we started to team up, and uh, we just decided that we were going to do our own races and see how we did. Well, that's cool. 
Well, that makes sense for a 24-hour race, totally. Yeah, on a 24-hour race, you, you really have to be in tune with each other, I feel, to, to, to run competitively or to, to reach any goals, big goals, because my goal was a 60-mile minimum. Um, I wanted to get way more, uh, but I realized that my nutrition was a little off point uh, around 2 a.m., I kind of just bonked a little bit and wound up hitting for, I guess I was in there almost two hours uh, trying to refuel and just get back going before I could get my, my wits back about me and got back out there and finished it up. So when you say your nutrition bonked, what did you, what did you, were you not hungry or were you losing appetite? You weren't eating every hour? I I made the the big mistake of getting up early. I had I had a good breakfast, but then I completely skipped eating anything after breakfast. Ooh. So then we got the race started, and I wasn't thinking about eating. And I ate a little something around six or seven. Um, but outside of that, it was just goo and glucose. Uh, I did some uh, carbolin carb drink right. um, and, and some e-fuel just to kind of help curb my appetite or put something on my system. And then, you know, naturally I'm going to eat some goldfish because Because oh, you're the goldfish, the goldfish athlete, right. <laughs> I, I got to have my goldfish. But uh, then around 2 a.m. I just realized how little I'd eaten since the, uh, the race started. And... Uh, Came in and basically Gina had to force feed me a, a little bit of food to get me to, to go ahead and get some nutrition back in. And uh, did that, got some warm liquids, and uh, started feeling better. And she told me to get up and get running. So I'm not one to tell her no. I took off. Right. That's what that's what you that's what your wife does, you know. It's motivation, motivation. Get out there and get this race done. That's awesome. So, um, was there a point in that race where you're like, I can't run anymore, and you just had to just walk the rest of it? Did you get to that point, or were you always able to kind of jog a little bit and walk a little bit? Yeah, you know, I there there was points where. You know, the, the inclines after a while started taking it down on me, so I couldn't really jog the incline, you know, any of the big inclines. But, um, you know, for for a good majority of the race, I, if it was a, a flat or anything like that, I could still come up and get on a jog. Uh, downhills, I would still try to get whatever speed I could get. Um, you know, I don't think I necessarily hit hit that point where I just felt like, all I could do was walk. Um, so, which leads me to think that I had a lot more to offer had I kept my nutrition where it needed to be and whatnot. So, uh, setting a new goal for this year, already registered, and uh, I want to try to get around 80, 80 miles plus. That's insane. Now, don't, don't you have to qualify for World's Toughest, or is it just one of those things where if you got the money, you can sign up? 
they did something new this year. Um, you can sign up and you can go do the world's toughest. You know, all you have to do is register, pay and register. But if you want to run competitively, you have to run the toughest motor series. Or the tougher motor series, right? And you have to complete a minimum right? of 25 miles. Right. And that's the eight-hour one that uh, you're going to do in Atlanta coming up. That's right. And then I'm not sure exactly. I think it's uh, maybe top five get put into the elite category. So they get even more perks. So now instead of, uh, I guess in previous years, they went off total mileage from previous mutters. Um, they would let you have a better pit, they, you know, and you would be able to get in there ahead. Now, or this year, if you're in the competitive or the elite category, you're going to get the better pit areas and, you know, some extra perks for doing that. Um so that, that's that's what I'm aiming for to, to to get some of those benefits because it definitely helps when you turn into the, the pit area. You don't have to run completely on the opposite side. Is that what you had to do this year? Was your tent pretty far away? Yeah, my, my, my tent was pretty far off the beaten path. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a super long distance, but after you start getting... 40 or 50 miles in, you're, you're definitely feeling it. And you, you know, you're like, Oh man, I, I really wish that my pit, my pit was right here at the front. Like some of these people, um, which, you know, hey, they, they put in the effort, they put in the time, you know, they, they earned every bit of that. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to, to score a better area this year. Cool. For those of you that don't know, if you fail an obstacle in Spartan racing, you do 30 burpees. At World's Toughest Mudder, if you fail an obstacle, you have to run a penalty lap, which may be, what, like a quarter mile? Is that right, Lance? Yeah, it seems like it was about a quarter mile loop. Um, you know, and then uh, there was, actually on the back stretch, they had a, a roulette of walls that you would, roll, you would roll dice, and depending on what you rolled on, told you which wall you got if you couldn't complete that you actually had to had to go over and uh you had to do arctic enema oh man so yeah and arctic enema is a tank of ice water that you have to totally go up underneath right yes (laughs) so did you have to do that how many penalty laps did you get uh let's see i took a I took a penalty lap at Double Rainbow because there was a long line at one point. Um, I, I fell off Double Rainbow one time, and I took a penalty lap at the cliff because there was a real long line there also. And in my head at the cliff, I was like, oh, you know, this penalty lap's all downhill. But it wasn't. So I was thinking <laughs> I could outrun everyone that was jumping the cliff, whereas I probably lost a, a, quite a bit of time taking that penalty lap because it was, that one was a pretty long penalty lap. And, and then you had to do Kiss of Mud, which was a barbed wire crawl through the mud. Uh-huh. Um I was about to say, you probably saved yourself getting wet, but if you were going through the mud, you probably got wet in the mud. Yeah, 
Yeah, because it was, it was the good old sloppy mud, so you, you got wet and nasty. I'm sure they did that on purpose because probably some people would skip the cliff just so they wouldn't have to get wet. So you know they did that on purpose. Yeah. <clears throat> well, all right, man. So I guess that's enough about Toughest Mudder. Uh, let's get on to this past weekend's race, which was the Atlanta Sprint at Conyers, Georgia. <clears throat> Tell us what your thoughts were on the race, Lance. I, I had a blast. Um, you know, going into it, everybody was talking about how cold it was going to be. Um, you know, those that did December, everyone remembers how, how nasty cold it was. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't feel like it was nearly that cold. Um, not nearly as bad as I was anticipating, at least. Oh, yeah, definitely um, would. I enjoyed the, the technical terrain that they added in. You know, the, the course itself was probably one of my more favorite ones from Atlanta. Me too. Um, especially, you know, at that horse park. You can only do so much, but it seemed like they really pulled off the stops this go. I, I liked it this time because, you know, it always seems like we're coming away from the road, you know, where the culverts are that go into the road. It always seems like when you're coming to the finish line, you're coming from that direction. And this time, it was yeah. the total opposite. We went that direction before the ending. It, it was just really cool to me because it seemed like they they really kind of redid the routing this time as compared to the last three times. Yeah, it, it seemed like it was just a, a different course um, altogether, like yeah. you're saying. And uh, I, I like the, the obstacle placement. Uh, I think they, they laid them out real well. Uh, the, the rig, I wish they would have, you know, added something more than just rings. But I mean, still, um, you you coming from the Hercules over there and jumping on that rig, yeah, it's, we, gonna, it's gonna wear you down no matter what they put up there. Yeah, no, it was it was a it was a really good grip killer because you had the monkey bars to inverted wall, Hercules hoist, a small little stretch of barbed wire, then the multi rig and Olympus. And Olympus got me yeah. on, the, on the second day. Olympus got me. I don't know what happened to me. I think it's because. My fingers were just numb from because it was a little bit colder on Sunday. But uh, yeah, the the rig was out of all of those to me probably the rig was probably the easiest grip uh, obstacle that was there. The rings just seemed made it all easy. When they put that pipe in there, that that really mixes it up. Yeah, that, that that's a game changer. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the course. I, I think they did a real good job. Um, you know, I know those guys over the chrono track tent, I know they caught it uh, all weekend. Um, but, I mean, there's only so much they can do. Uh, I, I think that for, for what pressure they were under, they, they kept a real good composure over there. Because I'm sure everyone was beating them up about times and whatnot. And I, I think that they they kept really nice considering – how, how much they were getting beat up on. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I want to say that's probably the first race I've been to where the results come out so late. We didn't get the results until, what, about 11, 11 o'clock that day, or it could have been even later. Uh, Parker on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Saturday, uh, they had to actually go in and correct mine. They had to verify pictures of me crossing the finish line 
and uh, and correct my time because they didn't have me in there at all. Wow. So is that what is that what you had to do? You had to go over there and talk to them and deal with them with that. Yeah, and, and you know they were super nice about it. Uh, they asked me what time I crossed, uh, which luckily I crossed the line uh, at the exact same time as someone, so I was able to say, "Well, this is who I crossed with, and this is where he's at." Um, you know, we crossed at the same exact time, so they they were really cool about it. They they verified it, and uh, about seven o'clock that evening. They had it straightened out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I noticed my buddy Jason and Joseph were just right there in front of you. Joseph was the guy I did the uh, podcast on a few episodes ago. Okay, cool. And uh, he's a super cool guy. Um, but yeah, you know, and one thing that I love about the Atlanta race, and it's and it's one obstacle that's always there, and that's that vertical cargo net. You know, I want to say they have that cargo net in Ohio. But it wasn't, it's not on the same steep effect as it is in Atlanta. And that's just always a, a really cool obstacle to me. And I noticed that, that this year, this is where they were taking pictures at. So, can't wait to get those pictures and see some pictures there. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. Cargo Net's always a, a good one. So, um, I know you were burpee-free over the weekend uh, since... Uh, but on the new obstacle Olympus, how, what did you think about it? I think Olympus is definitely going to uh, change up the field a little bit, um, especially depending on what they where they place it and what's ahead of it. Um, you know, I, I, I got a kick out of it. I, I'm I was trying to figure out the best way to traverse it. Um, and I don't know if there's actually a great way to do it other than, you know, if you can plant your feet and, uh, grab onto the holes, just traverse through there. Um, but the, the constant up down motion also, you know, plays an effect and throws you off too. Yeah. It's, but, uh, it's definitely I, an odd I, I obstacle. Like well, what were you saying? Oh, no, I, I was saying I, I liked it. Yeah, you know, it, uh, I, I think that's going to be a good obstacle to keep up, keep around. And, and how did you do it? Because on Saturday, I was able, and even though it was raining, like right when we went through there, on Saturday, I was able to plant my feet on it, you know, and kind of get in a crouch and, and work my hands, you know, through the holes. And I think I might have used some of the plastic, you know, rock climbing holes, too. And that worked fine. I mean, and by about the time I was at the end of the obstacle, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over because I was starting to, you know, fatigue on it a little bit. But on the second day, you know, and I changed up shoes. I was wearing a different pair of shoes on Sunday. And I, it's like I tried to put my feet on it and I couldn't, they wouldn't grip. They just kept sliding off. And so I had to try to do it on my knees and I made it about three quarters of the way, and that was it. That was all she wrote. And so that was my only failed obstacle all weekend was that one. So <clears throat> so did you, you, is that the way you did it? You crouched and put, like, your feet flat on it? Yeah, you know, and I, I, I struggled, too, on Sunday. Uh, you know, about halfway across, I couldn't keep the crouch. Uh, my, my, my feet kept slipping down, and so I just had to slide my knees across it. Um the, the second half of it, I don't know really 
like Saturday, even with the rain, it you could grip it better. Yeah. Maybe it was just because of all the traffic that was on it, and it was still just kind of had dust and mud on it and everything, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's all I can figure because, I mean, it, uh, Saturday, I kind of breezed through it, uh, stayed in the crowds the whole time, and I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to be a big deal tomorrow. But, uh, Sunday, I, I definitely had to slow down because my feet just kept trying to slide out from under me. Yeah, I know on Sunday, as soon as I got to the Hercules hoist, you were leaving it. And then I think you was already through all of it by the time I was already at the end of Olympus and doing my burpees. But uh, let me ask you something, because Lance, you are, I mean, I'm not poking at you and saying you're a small guy, but you're tall and you're skinny. And how are you pulling down this Hercules hoist like that? Because I have problems with it a lot of times. I'm not gonna lie. Um, for the longest time, the Hercule- Hercules always, I would try it, and uh, I-, I felt like I-, I feel like now it was all in my, my uh, method of doing it. But I would try to get it and couldn't even hardly get it off the ground and would just go ahead and just burp. Um, but at South Carolina Beast, I decided to go ahead and stay standing up right off the bat. And just while I'm standing, stick my my foot against the top rail and snatch back. And I feel like once I get it moving, it's it's not that bad. Um, but it's a it, it's definitely a struggle. I mean, I'm only 135 pounds. Jesus. And so trying to move that bag, uh, it, it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, I try to save laying down for once I get it up a little ways. Then if I can lean back all the way. I can try to, you know, hold it a little bit and jump up and come back down again and get it up there. Um, but then even trying to lower it, it's trying to lift me off the ground. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I know I failed, I, I failed that obstacle. I failed that obstacle both times at New Jersey. Were you able to do it at New Jersey? No. It, it, it almost makes me wonder if they've changed the weight for it in recent races because i failed it in Asheville, i failed it in new jersey and i failed it at fort campbell too yeah i, I don't know um you know i've always heard that they they run good good pulleys and bad pulleys and all that um so i'm not sure if it's just a, a pulley situation or if they actually have white bags um if it's pulleys i just keep getting lucky uh because i got it in South Carolina and Alabama, uh, Atlanta in December, and then now. So I, I was really surprised. Each time I get it, I'm, I'm super surprised because I, I always feel like I'm never going to get it off the ground. Yeah, I mean, I know that that's like one of those obstacles. I, I, when I get there to it, I'm like, am I going to be able to do it this time? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I dread it more than the spear throw. Yeah. I never, you know, want to, I never try to doubt the spear throw because I have been pretty good at it here lately, but that's always in the back of my mind. Am I going to make it this time? <laughs> but, and that's why I, I hate, exactly what you mean. and that's why I hate that I failed Olympus because now I'm going to have that in the back of my mind. Am I going to be able to do it this time? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 
so uh let's okay so what part of the weekend what would you say was probably your best part about the race this weekend and it can be either day saturday or sunday um i would say sunday um you know sunday i, I went in feeling a little better saturday i was i was kind of uh i try to stay a little more reserved saturday because the sprint in december i wound up tweaking my knee really good so ever since then i've been building back up um and I, i've hit the trails but not you know, a full race capacity. So Saturday, I kind of try to fall back a little, little bit and just get out there and push, but maybe not quite as hard as I could. Um, so Sunday, I was, I, I went in knowing, okay, everything's good to go. Shouldn't be any issues. Just get out there and, and roll with it. And um, I was able to, to beat my time for, from Saturday. Um, and... I even had one of my shoes come all the way on tide on the rig and start falling off. So as soon as I got off the rig, before I jumped on Olympus, I had to stop and try to figure out how to get my frozen fingers to tie the shoe. Oh, man. Um, but I, I really felt like Sunday was just my better race. Um, and I, I felt like I had a lot more fun on Sunday. Yeah, you were hot out of the gate. I remember that. <clears throat> I've always... Uh, Ever since Asheville, because in Asheville, man, I started off like really hard, really fast, and I never could catch my breath, it seemed like, the rest of that race. So I've, I've started wearing my watch, and when I come out of the gate, I'm checking my pace right off the bat just because I just don't want to kill myself. And I seem like I do a little bit better on the, on the back end than I do on the front end when I, I do that. So that's what I've been doing here. Yeah, I've been trying to do the same. Uh, I, I definitely catch my my second win on the uh, on the back half of, of things, and uh, I typically like the, the longer stuff better, anyways, just because it gives me more time to settle into a groove. Exactly. And then the, the second half make up whatever time I lost from just trying to get in a good rhythm. Um, but for whatever reason, I really felt good and strong both days. I know because it, it always seems like I get I start getting into my working pace and groove at like maybe the second mile. That's when I'm starting to feel good. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. Uh, by mile, by around two and a half mile three, I, I really start feeling good. My 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 breathing levels out. My heart rate feels you know like or seems to be where I want it. And uh, I can just kind of let loose a little more. <clears throat> hey, are are you using a? Have you tried using the uh, Beat Elite? I do. Uh, I I use Beat Elite before I run. Um, I've been using that for about a month now. Um, you know, I I feel like it helps. Um, you know, I've never had a a bad race whenever I'm on it. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I've been using it, and I I used to just use it, and I would use it just right before the race. And then I read where some people say, well, you got to load it. So now I'll drink it like three days up to the race, 
and I feel like it works better like that. So I've been doing that and I think it really helps too. It doesn't feel like even though you're at your, you know, you're at your pace, it doesn't feel like you're working as hard. And during a Spartan yeah, exactly. race, every little bit helps. Oh, yeah. Especially once you start stretching out on the, the longer distance races, uh, anything you can do to give you a little edge definitely is uh, worth it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Okay, so what was probably your worst part about the race this weekend? Man, it, it, it's, it's always the dunk wall. Uh knowing that you're coming up on that cold water and uh it's it's kind of one of those things it's like man i know it's cold outside i know i'm fixing to go in this cold water i'm hot and uh last year at savage race in georgia i actually almost went hypothermic um i they had trouble richard towards the back end of it and once i got to the rig standing out that, that wind, I, I, I couldn't even grip the rig. Um, and I wound up having to cut my probane. Oh, man. Um, so it, it's it's kind of gotten inside my head, like just like how you were talking about uh, the hurt voice and spear throw. Um, but the water gets inside my head, and it's always knowing coming up to, especially in the, in the cold months, that water is going to be cold, and there's always that risk. And you, and you, and I, I'm sure you felt this because I felt it too. But when I went into like the first rolling mud, because there was three pits of rolling mud and then the dunk wall, or maybe it was two. I, I can't remember. But I was like, you know, this water's not that bad. It doesn't feel that cold. But when you went under the water at the dunk wall, you swore that last one had ice in it. Yeah, I I was really blown away, and it. Like you're saying, it it was it wasn't until I actually went under, uh, you know, at my waist, it wasn't bad. But once I got under that wall, I was like, "Oh crap, this is cold." Um, but you know, I was actually wearing a, a shirt at a race. Um, <laughs> you know, and Sunday I was wearing wearing arm sleeves, so it uh, it definitely helped keep me warm, and uh, I, I felt good till the end. I know I was totally shocked to see Lance wearing shorts and just a shirt this weekend because most of the time he's he's like me. He's wearing long sleeves and possibly thermal compression. When we was at December Spartan Race, he was wearing his wetsuit then because it was pretty cold then too. <clears throat> yeah, one thing's for sure, I hate the cold. But uh, let but, me tell you. you know, uh, I, okay. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, was, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I was – I was really excited. The, uh, the the clothing I was wearing was uh, from Human Octane, and uh, it's a, a new company coming out. Um, and it's going to be, it, it, or they're already out and selling, but it's uh, all obstacle course racing uh, inspired clothing. So everything's geared just for OCR athletes. Yeah, and in there, I went to this website and checked out this gear too. And what's pretty awesome about this gear is is uh the designer he's he made the material where it's it's water repellent right yes yeah it's, it's all water repellent and uh he actually factored in 
abrasion resistance uh, on the ladies' capris and the knees because, you know, on low crawls, you're, you're going to be on your knees and, you know, you're getting cut up. It's tearing up their capris, destroying them. And so he came up with a, uh, a resin that is actually stronger than Kevlar, and it's in the knees on the ladies' capris, and then it's on the arm sleeves. That sounds pretty awesome. And you say this is hu it's human octane, right? Human octane. And till the end of the month, with code March 17, they'll give you free shipping. Right. And that's what, is that humanoctane.com or is it something different? It's humanoctane.com. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's some pretty neat, it's some pretty neat gear. And, and, and like you said, you know, it's designed for what we do. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, and he offers the shorts. The shorts are compression lined already, um, and then he offers a version of the shorts that don't have a liner in them. In case you decide that you want to use whatever compression gear you already have, you can just buy just just the outer shell of the shorts. And uh, they have a, a. I found that the the pocket on the back is actually a little bit larger than what you would typically see. So you can probably get an extra gel back there. Um, you know, he, he tried to factor in a waterproof zipper to, uh, help cut down on how much water is going to get in that compartment. Uh, you know, it's got the water repellent on it, on the material itself. So it, it dries a lot quicker, it repels the water better. It stayed, it actually stayed really clean considering all the mud that we got in it, a rolling mud. Yeah, for real. Um, so I'm, I'm beyond excited about it. Well, I mean, since this was kind of like, you know, your first outing in it, and, you know, it is water repellent, but when you went under the water and it's totally submerged, did it feel like it was holding water after, you know, totally submerging it? Or do you think that the water repellent helped it, you know, do a little better? No, I, I never felt it hold water at all. Um, whenever I came out of the water... I didn't feel any water retained inside the compression. Um, I came right out, and it, it felt just as good as, as anything. You know, I was I was I was ready to go. It, the gear felt just phenomenal the whole time. I, I couldn't get over it. Wow. Do you know if he's going to start making like some some pants in the future? I know he's got the shorts now. Yeah, he is. He's, he's working on more designs. Um, what he has out right now is just the uh, the basics of what he wanted to get started with, right. and then he's going to build from what he's got. Cool, that sounds cool. If anybody out there listening, check it out at humanoctane.com. Um, so okay, we've we've already talked about that, uh, Lance, but. Like, what other is there? Any other like products that you swear by that you know for every race? Um, one thing that I have found on the longer distance, um, you know, because everyone's tried the body glide, and I know everyone likes trail toes and, and several other things. Um, a friend of mine that works for a local running store down here, he turned me on to a product called Two Toms. Um, it is phenomenal. It's it's designed to last twenty four hours. It's uh, it's a roll-on, so you don't have to worry about your body glide bar 
melting down and being no good. Right. Um, it's already a liquid, and you literally have to wash this stuff off of you. Huh. Um, so I found that using that is just imperative. And then uh, outside of that, uh, my next favorite thing is the Mud Gear socks. Yeah, I, I own some of those, and I love them. They work really great. Yeah, I, I found that that's probably the only pair of socks that I can run long distance in and not have to worry about a blister. Yeah, I need to get me another pair for like these weekends where we run two races back to back. Um, because what I've been doing now, because I had a pair in in Gingy full compression socks, but I wore those at the Ultra Beast, and I ran almost a half a lap, and I was fiddling with a rock in between my toes and just moving it around my shoes so I wouldn't have to stop. And that's one thing I like about Ingenji is if you get a rock in your shoe, you can wrestle with it with your toes because they're toe socks. But anyway, they were they were such good compression socks that I was actually able to just cut the the foot part of them out and just use them for use the top part for a calf compression sleeve. And that way I just I can wear any other socks with them, but I'm waiting for a discount code to come out, and I'm going to get me another pair of Mug Gear socks just because I love the ones I got. They're great socks. Yeah, they're, they're great socks, and uh, they stand behind them. Uh, yeah, I, they've got some great customer service, so I can't complain at all with those. I, I, I fell in love with those. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, so Lance... Let's talk about like, you know, like what kind of training are you doing as far as like your running training? How many miles are you putting in a week running? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a different approach to it right now. Um, I'm, I'm trying to keep my miles a little bit lower right now, but focusing a little bit more on improving my heart rate training and, um, my aerobic threshold. Um, you know, last year I went into the year just trying to put in all the miles I could put in. And, you know, I, I feel like it kind of hindered me a little bit. Um, I feel like I've actually gotten faster by making what miles I'm putting in count uh, a little better, doing more speed work, uh, factoring in tire drags and stuff. Um, you know, the second half of the year, as I, as I try to get ready for world stuff, is I'll, I'll definitely ramp it up some more. But I, I read a really good book called uh, Be a Better Runner, and the lady just goes in real in-depth about why you shouldn't overtrain, uh, how to train a little bit smarter. And they're like, I know several people, they, they want to get out and they want to run five days a week. And, and think that they're going to improve. And she she really tells you don't do that because your body has to have that recovery day. So if you run Monday, don't run Tuesday. If, if you have to work out, throw something else in there. If you if you want it to be cardio, bike, swim, do do, do anything else. But don't, don't use the exact same muscle group if you can help it two days in a row. So, um... 
you know, after reading that book and just kind of rethinking my strategy, I feel like it's really helped me out so far this year. Yeah, and I read the same book because after talking to Lance, he taught me, told me about the book, and I got it off of Amazon. It was dirt cheap. I might have paid two dollars for it, but it was "Be a Better Runner," and it, and it was a really good book. I think I got about maybe three quarters of the way through one of their training plans before the race season started back up, and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna hook back onto the end of that because I, I'm really enjoying it too. I want to say, you know, when you, you're building your, uh, you know, your aerobic base by doing those lighter days, keeping your heart rate down, I really think that helps a lot. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, I've started wearing my heart rate monitor more, and I've started watching my pace. And a lot of times at these Spartan races, you know, your heart rate's so high, and if you're looking at your average pace, it's it's really slow. So if you can get your aerobic base to handle these slower paces at a lesser heart rate, that's just going to make you perform faster at a Spartan race. I mean, that's my theory, anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's, the, that's the same way I'm approaching it. And uh, just trying to rethink my overall strategy for, for how I'm doing everything. And, and, and so far, it's, it's, I feel like it's paying off. I feel like um, I'm not, I'm not overworking myself and, and just gassing at points. Um, I'm just trying to do everything a little bit smarter. Right. Quality, not quantity. Absolutely. All right. Cool, Lance. Um, okay. One more question because since me and you both finished a hectic weekend, you did three laps too, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. See, me and Lance, we both did three laps this weekend, and I don't know how Lance felt Monday morning, but I was sore all over. So, so Lance, what do you do for recovery after a weekend like this where it's a two-day race weekend? What's your recovery? Uh, you know, I, I I try to get right back to my, my protein, uh, you know, and all that good stuff, get all my, my supplements, but if... By any means possible, if I can get to our local cryotherapy place, I, I get over there and, and jump in the cryotherapy. Um, you know, everyone talks about the ice bath, but three minutes at cryotherapy, you're done. You don't have to worry about the wet cold. Um, you, you know, you're, you're completely dry. And it, it's a, a little crazy how quickly you, you feel like you can recover off the, off the cryotherapy. Um, and then outside of that, you know, I, I try to get, get into the yoga, um, get stretched back out and, uh, get back in, back into my normal routine. I hear you. So how many, how many days do you recover before you start going back into your normal routine, whether it be weightlifting or running? You know, it, it really depends on, you know, what I have coming up the following weekend, um, you know, a back-to-back race weekend, I might, you know, try to factor in a little extra recovery, um, depending on how long the next race will be. Um, but generally, you know, if I run, you know, multiple laps uh, or two days in a row, then I try to give myself at least one good solid day of recovery um, to, to where I'm not trying anything crazy. 
and I can just completely relax. Um, because generally I, I get up early on in the morning, go work out and then go into work. And if I can get another one in the evening, I might try to swing in, but you know, generally I'll, uh, I'll only swing back by the gym if, if they have the yoga class going on. Um, other than that, you know, I, I try to just play it by ear. If I, if I can put an extra day in there, that's great. But, you know, generally I try not to wait more than about two days to get back in the swing. Right. Cool, man. Well, hey, everybody. Um, if you ever see Lance out in a race, if you're running elite, say hey to him. Some of my best memories of running Spartan races is seeing Lance and us just shooting the shit while we're running a race. That's the cool thing about Elite, too. You see the same people, and you become friends with them, and you see them in the middle of you see them in the middle of the race, and you're always saying you know stuff to pump them up and make them try to do better. It's all like it's like, it's like you're out there with your family running. I mean it's I mean it's a competition, but it's a competition amongst friends. It's like if they do better than you, you're happy for them. You know. It's just, it's a good time. And I, I suggest anybody to check out Lance. Uh, it's Lance Johnson on his Facebook. And I'll let you tell him what your Instagram is, Lance. Goldfish Athlete. <laughs> Goldfish Athlete. That's right. Hey, Lance, I appreciate you talking to us, man. Hey, thank you for having me, Scott. No problem. We'll talk to you later. All righty, buddy. Hope you enjoyed the interview, guys. I want to thank Lance again for talking to us. It's always a pleasure to run into him at a race. Uh, check us both out on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a review on iTunes. And I will be at Fort Benning in a few weeks. Uh, come up to me and say what's up. Peace!